from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals Training Camp Edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, along with Gary Miller. It's presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin. The big day, first day without Joe Burrow, one of many. What was your impression of what Zach Taylor, who doesn't share an awful lot about injuries, what did you read into what he said about the when we can expect Joe back? Yeah, the several weeks answer was, was an interesting one for me. I was expecting at least some definitive number, and maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's what we're always expecting of two to four weeks, three, and it never feels like it ever lends to that. But then I asked the follow-up, does several weeks mean leading into the regular season? And he said several weeks means several weeks. Um, so that was kind of a non-answer answer. And so maybe... The potential is that it bleeds over to the regular season, and you have to deal with that that portion of the program. You would hope not, but you know if you have to steal yourself for that, you got to get somebody ready to play the, the quarterback position week one, and it might not be Joe Burrow. And with that in mind, we've got Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon moving up into the taking over, at least through training camp, and then the number three becomes the number two. What were your impressions of what you saw today from them? Because they're doing a lot more work than they were the first two days. Jake Browning got the reps with the ones today, and that's going to change on a, on a daily basis, at least for a while moving forward. Jake Browning got reps with one on one day. Tomorrow's practice will probably will be Trevor Simeon, just to let them have a day with those guys as opposed to doing it in between reps, in between sessions. That's, that, they do that with a lot of position players, too, so it's probably the smart way to go. I thought Jake Browning looked really sharp. I mean, I dropped a couple in the bucket, dropped one to Jamar Chase in the bucket with some pretty good coverage from Cam Taylor-Britt, made good decisions on checkdowns, etc. cetera. Um, I don't know if you were at the last OTA practice, last minicamp practice. They did a red zone session. It was the last thing they did. He did the red zone session, and he was abysmal. I mean, it was to the point where he came back in the locker room, and I can still vividly see Jake Browning slumped in his locker with his head down looking at his phone, very dejected about how that ended. And then to watch him come out and play with that kind of confidence today, good for him. And he was pretty sharp in the red zone, although the defense was really good in the red zone portion of it. But he made some good throws in the red zone, too. Well, the other thing is when you get to work with the ones, you get to work sure. with T. Higgins, right. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. How much do you think Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and the quarterback coach take that into account when they're evaluating these guys yeah. who should be number two. And I think that's why they're going to do that rotation plan. All right, let's see what you got one day with the ones. Let's see what you got. You know, today, even though he did get reps for the ones, T. Higgins didn't practice, so he didn't get all the ones. And so you also take that into account, too, of what can T. Higgins do opposite Jamar Chase. Um, again, it's day one. It's the first thing of it. But I'll give the kid this. I mean, he could have come out and thrown the ball into the stands for all we know, thrown it in the dirt, been as nervous as nervous can be. And he looked very cool and looked, uh, to his credit, looked very much like an NFL quarterback doing what he's supposed to do. So. That was a good start for him, and we'll see what Trevor Simeon, I'm assuming tomorrow, what he'll do with this this situation. You know, the veterans are used to it, and when Jamar Chase came in as a rookie, he had already played with Joe a lot. T. Higgins is T. Higgins, you know, a second-round pick that belonged in the first round. We've got some young receivers on this team that need to build a rapport knowing what a Joe Burrow ball is, and he needs to find them. That's kind of the... One of the negatives we don't talk about besides the injury just taking him out of play. Yeah, especially Charlie Jones because he's going to probably be the number four receiver. You know, maybe it goes to Trent Irwin early just because of his experience. And Joe and him do have that rapport, so at least you have that. But, yeah, for Charlie Jones, it probably is important. I think the, the one good thing, if there is, is the fact that Joe had the whole spring with these guys. Yeah. He's had a very minimal portion of July, although to Zach's point, 
this is probably the most he's had in July in a, in a few years, right, of, of, of throwing with guys because he came in early like the quarterbacks did to throw with some of these right. guys, Charlie Jones being a rookie, one of them. But, you know, there's no doubt it's important. I mean, not every quarterback throws the ball the same, right? I mean, you wish they were all robots. They're not. I mean, Joe Namath threw it one way and Tom Brady threw it another way. Pat Mahomes throws it a one way. Justin Herbert throws it another way. Joe Burrow throws it a different way. So, yeah, Joe needs to know, too, can I trust you? If you're in the hole, do you go to the right place? And can I trust that you're going to be where I need you to be? So, yeah, that rapport is really important. That's what's been sapped. The good part is the main three guys, when you line up to start the season, in theory, barring anything other craziness happen, have all been through this with Joe Burrow before. So they've all they're all on the same page. Well, maybe one of the more important ones is Irv Smith. You you're know, right, and he wasn't there today. That rapport, right. and that is a deep. They got a lot of tight ends in this camp. How do you think that's going to sort yeah, out? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I I thought it was pretty much a, a three guy race, and one of them is even practicing yet. In Mitchell Wilcox, I think he'll probably be the third tight end with Drew Sample being two and Irv Smith one. But you've had some other guys that have had a chance. Nick Bowers had a catch today. Tanner Hudson's had Hudson, a couple. Yeah. yeah, they've had a couple of plays that that they've made, and again taking advantage of opportunities when Irv Smith did not practice today. And Irv Smith, truth be told, if you're the fourth or fifth tight end on this roster, to be honest with you, Drew Sample's coming off an injury. Um, Irv Smith has an injury history, and here right. we are on day three. Three, not practicing, nothing major, I don't think. But, hey, if you're the fourth or fifth tight end on the practice squad, you may get a crack before it's all said and done. Devin Asiasi got that crack last year. Once again, D.J. Turner great. looked good. It would be great. You know, I wish he would had played Jamar a little more. They, I do, too. Cam Taylor-Britt had that unfortunate and he's, well, circumstance. And he, he's had some wins, and he's had some bad losses in that circumstance, and that's with a lot of cornerbacks. But to your D.J. Turner thing, I, three days in a row, and I haven't completely kept every stat. I keep almost every play in a notebook form. I think he's got six pass breakups, almost had an interception today, couldn't quite come down with it, but it was a jump ball that he went up and high-pointed. And the other part, too, is, and I talked to Chuck Burks, the defensive backs coach, the corners coach after practice, this is without – these guys in pads yet where you can get your hands and be physical and jam with the line. Now, he did say he thinks DJ's better maybe in this circumstance because of his his speed, his quickness, his ability, that he's not really a, a total jam guy. Although I asked DJ, he said, I was a safety man. I'm pretty physical. So I'm looking forward to seeing him do that. But at least in this where you have to give some space, you have to give some ground. Boy, he's been sticky and really, really good. You know, I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, teased them that today we would talk. And we have talked a little bit about Browning and Simeon. And you said today they were a little more impressive. I thought there was more separation between the two yesterday. And today I thought Browning looked more. But what do you think each one offers besides just the passability? Obviously, Browning knows the system. Simeon's been around a long time. I, I think that's it. And I think when push comes to shove, Trevor Simeon has done it in this league. Has he done it at a high level? A little bit at times. I mean, he had a couple of nice seasons in Denver. Nothing over the top crazy, but beat these guys with a 300-yard passing game back in, what was it, 2016, 2017. So he's done it before. The thing with Jake Browning is the complete unknown. He has never taken a single snap in an NFL regular season game. Now, I will tell you, he's a smart guy. He's going to yeah. coach one day. I know the receivers during games when he's not even dressed, they'll come to him and ask him, what are you seeing? What are you seeing in coverages? That's how impressive he is. So he's going to be able to process all those things. Super smart guy and reading stuff, telling situations. But the experience factor still has got to weigh heavily in Trevor Simeon's favor just because he's done it and won some games in this league. Take you off the Bengals for a second to a team that we play on a regular basis what did you think of Sean Payton's comments throwing the previous coach under the bus in Denver? Well, he's probably not wrong, for starters. Well, right? well, there you so, go. So truth is always the key, Gary, <laughs> to me. I mean, if you're not wrong, I, I do wonder if this was him saying, listen, I'm taking everything off of Russell's pressure plate that kind of got filled up last uh, year, and now it's on me. 
I'm going to let Russell be Russell. There's none of me. I'm going to pin it on the last coach that that was that was his problem. Now he's put himself out there. They play each other week five, I think, this year. But let's face it, Nathaniel Hackett did struggle as a coach. And yeah. probably not all the fault of Russell Wilson was his, but a chunk of it was. And I think this was more Sean Payton. I mean, it's probably better to shut your yap in that circumstance. But I think for Sean Payton, it was more, hey, it's all on me now. Get off Russell's back and let Russell be. And I think there was probably a method to his madness. He's a smart guy, as you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's from Naperville. For Gary Miller, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals training camp edition, presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin.